Hey guys, before I take you to today's content, I want you guys to take advantage of our pro web legal services initiative that we have going on right now in the second quarter of 2024. What is that? Well, it's a website that you get 100% full-blown website with one-year maintenance because with SSL certificate, hosting, etc., all for 50% less than the normal cost. This this offer used to be 4500 bucks. We're now giving it to you for 2250. 100%, no strings attached. All you have to do is go to the show notes right now and click on the link where it says Pro Web Legal and you'll get all the information. So until then, enjoy the show. Welcome to Marketing Solutions for Local Law Firms, the podcast that provides you with all the latest digital marketing tools, tips, and strategies you will need to implement in order to stay ahead of your competition. If you are looking to substantially increase your caseload in the next six months, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's the host of our show, the local business guy himself, Frank Deming. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Frank Deming, the local business guy. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Solutions for Local Law Firms. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day, everyone. I hope you guys are having a rocking, rocking week thus far. Today is Meet the Attorney, and I have the most energetic attorney that I have ever interviewed on the show. You guys are going to be enlightened by her. She does a lot of stuff, not just in the law field, but in other stuff, and we'll get into all that. But without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to the great Karen Tenenbaum. How are you doing, Karen? Frank, thanks so much for that great introduction. I, I'm so excited to be on your show. <laughs> excited to have you on the show. I mean, uh, we've tried this before. It didn't work out. And I'm glad I was able to get you back on, especially since you are such a busy person. It's all um, good. It's all good things. Thank God the phone <laughs> keeps ringing, right? Yeah, there you there go. There are enough people you. out there that uh, we handle IRS and New York state, state tax problems. And there are enough people out there that are calling that need help. Awesome. And that was a perfect segue into what I was going to ask you. <laughs> I was going to ask you is uh, introduce yourself. Tell us who are you and what do you do? Sure. So I'm Karen Tenenbaum, Tenenbaum Law. We're here in Melville, uh, Long Island, New York, and we handle IRS and New York state tax problems. We're a law firm, but I'm also a CPA and uh, we help people uh, get out of their problems. You'd be surprised how many people uh, don't open the envelopes because they're afraid to handle it on their own. And they, they should know that there's help out there. People or businesses? Both. We handle individuals and businesses. Um, okay. We find that a lot of people uh, don't even realize that sometimes their business liabilities might flow through to them personally. And the IRS or New York State could be taking money out of their bank account or their paycheck. Uh, people are not aware of the consequences of not opening those envelopes. Even even S Corp has that problem? I know LLC could have that. Well, problem. it depends on what it is. Certain ta taxes flow through and certain taxes do not. And we could certainly go through that if you wanted. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, that's something that's because I, I was always taught and, and, and you know, you know, I don't want to name his name, but my, my accountant, 
uh, always told me, you know, because I'm in the, I'm an LLC, and my accountant always told me, Frank, you got to go as, as an S corp because you're protected, you're legally separated, yada yada yada. And, and I just haven't done it because I'm lazy. But is he correct or? So so let me go through it. So we assist business owners who fail to pay or understate their state sales tax, for example. They don't realize that New York State could seize them and shut down their business and they could lose their certificate of authority. They could face significant penalties and interest. They could even face criminal prosecution and they may be personally liable for some of those taxes. In many cases, the owners and managers are personally responsible for paying the sales tax. If the gov- if the business didn't pay the government and the government can come after them and go after their personal assets for what's owed. And if you owe a sales tax, it's not dischargeable in in death or in bankruptcy. And the business owners may have the problem because of a payroll tax. Owners who fail to remit the IRS uh, uh, to the IRS, the income taxes, Social Security taxes, or Medicaid tax, Medicare taxes that are withheld from the employee's paycheck may be personally liable. They're considered trust funds. You you took them out of the um, employee's salary, but it's not your money. It's there. It's the government's money. Uh, another common issue comes up when you buy or sell a business. The the buyer the buyer may be liable for the outstanding tax liabilities of the business they just purchased, that it might not even understand that there's such a rule that they have to uh, notify, let's say, New York State 20 days before they buy that business and put money in escrow. Uh, otherwise, the, the government could come after them. They may end up paying twice. You pay, you buy the business, and then the government comes after you and says, New York State says, this guy had a sales tax liability, and now you owe it. Okay, so that's a New York State thing, not right. I'm, not so I, right, I'm I'm a New York State attorney. I'm a New York State accountant, and I'm a Florida accountant. So I can only speak to the federal government and New York State. I know you live in New Jersey, so the rules might be different. Okay, my and guess what? is though many jurisdictions have similar rules and and have some kind of requirement uh, to notify the government, the state government before you buy a business that would, it's called bulk sale rules in uh, New York, but I'm guessing other jurisdictions. Yeah. I mean, it can't be that different because we're neighboring States. So. Yeah. And I'll (laughs) tell you a story. I always like to tell war stories. Um, We once represented somebody before they came to us, the guy was going to buy a business in New York. He knew that there was some outstanding sales tax liability. So he went To New York State, this is pre-COVID, he walked into New York State's offices and he said, I know the guy owes some money, how much? And New York State said $10,000. He wrote out a check, $10,000. He got a receipt, $10,000. He bought the business. He did not do the bulk sale filing. Turns out New York State made a mistake. It was $100,000. They read it it wrong. And uh, they said, you know what? This is a, a strict rule. You must do the filing. And if you don't do it, you you have a problem. So we were able to step in and negotiate a better deal. But you, you sometimes you don't realize, again, the consequences. Uh, New York State can take away your driver's license if you owe $10,000 or more. The IRS can take away your passport if you owe more than $59,000. So somebody who owes money, they, let's say they filed their tax return and they didn't pay, they could... You know, they could be on vacation. We were just talking about vacations. They could be on vacation and not be able to uh, do what they have to do. Either go to go on a vacation. You know, let's say they have a plane ticket 
And uh, New York State, I mean, uh, the IRS says you have you have this debt and it's more than 59 grand and we're taking away your passport. You can't get on that plane unless you come to us or 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 have a representative or negotiate it on your own. Some kind of collection resolution. You have to come up with Mm -hmm. an alternative method to pay. So, so that's a, such an odd number, 59,000. I mean, that's well, kind of weird. Yeah. So it started at 50 <laughs> and it goes up every year for the uh, cost of living adjustment. Oh, uh, okay. okay. <laughs> I was like, it, I know. It seems it like was, it's randomly it was, picked. <laughs> it was 50, then it was 52, then it right. was 54 or 55, and now it's 59. Right. It keeps going up every year. <laughs> but the 10,000 number for New York State is the same 10,000 or more. And by the way, on Long Island, you, you need to drive. So, uh, you really want to watch that that number. You want it to be below that number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, interesting, interesting. Um, so let me let me ask. So you you kind of have like dual hats. Uh, you're you're an attorney, a tax attorney. You're also an, an accountant. What what is your passion? Helping people resolve their tax problems. So I started out in the big accounting firms. I used to work in the World Trade Center uh, at at Deloitte, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a, a chance to see really a variety of types of matters. So we did a little international, we did individuals, we did uh, companies, we did uh, problem resolution. Then when I went to law firms, I learned how to do uh, estate planning, trust in estates. I figured out how to do a what are the consequences of any kind of stock deal or corporate deal or mm-hmm. real estate deal. I have an LLM in tax from NYU, a master's of law in, in tax. So I used to do all of these variety of things and everything was fascinating. But one year I was uh, active in the New York State Society of CPAs and they asked me, what's the most um, interesting case you were handling at that moment? And I said it was a Florida residency matter. And uh, what does that mean? A lot of people claim they live in Florida, Mm. right? They have a place here and a place there. And maybe they're snowbirds. They come back once in a while and and they claim to, to be there where there's no state income tax. And New Mm -hmm. York said, wait a minute, you know, we're losing a lot of money here. We don't know that you're really there. We think you're here. So I started handling residency matters and realized that that was really my passion. So I I do a lot of residency audits and it became very popular now because of remote work, right? Mm. You can work anywhere. And every state has different rules about, you know, where do do you file? Where, Where are you really working? Where do you owe taxes? And every jurisdiction is different. And so uh, it's been unbelievable. New York State said in the middle of the pandemic, when you couldn't, you know, there was lockdown and you couldn't come to your office in New York. They said, guess what? We still think you owe tax in New York. <laughs> Nothing's changed. And uh, and now here we are. They did. They've sent out a, a number of letters to like 150,000 letters saying uh, we see that you've changed uh, how you file. And uh, we think that you owe more tax to New York State. So it's been it's been quite interesting. They came out with frequently asked questions. And basically, they said nothing changed unless your employer says that your new place is a bona fide office. And and that has other consequences as well that we don't have to get into. But but uh, the phone, thank God, rings on a regular basis from all these people who have houses here and there. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the perfect example. We represented somebody that lived in New York City, uh, was an anchor on one of these large, you know, uh, networks. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic hit March of 2020. They moved out to their house in the Hamptons. 
In September of 2020, their lease was up for their New York City apartments. So they said, we don't want it anymore. Mm-hmm. They set up a, a studio in the person's house in the Hamptons. And then they said, we may never come back. Well, why do we have to come back? Now, right. if they did come back and New York State did an audit, New York State would have the benefit of hindsight saying, oh, what did you do for the last few years? Okay, we see you came back. You, did you really have the intent to move? The The taxpayer says, yes. I had the intent to move permanently, but when was it March of 2020 when the pandemic hit or was it September of 2020 when they gave up their lease? And so it's always facts and circumstances and we come in and help uh, solve those problems. So you guys watch my passion again, helping people who have the tax problems start, get a clean slate and start again. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey guys, I hope you guys are enjoying today's content. While I have you on here, I want to introduce you to a promo that we have going on for the spring of 2024 for all legal practices throughout the U.S. I have an outstanding offer that we've never been able to offer before, but we want to do it because you have been an avid listener. We're only promoting this to people who listen to the show. So if you're an attorney and you are an avid listener to the show and you're thinking about possibly opening your own practice, you want to pay attention to this announcement. We are offering a full website with hosting, SSL certificate, online booking service, online appointment uh, management, and more and much, much more um, with a one-year maintenance all for $2,250. That's $2,250 one-time fee, and you have a full-fledged website. If you want to know more about this, uh, just give us a call at 888-416-7752 or send us an email at info at lbmsllc.com. Just make sure that you heard you, you mentioned that you heard it on the show and we'll definitely um, get you that discount. So with that, I'm going to bring you back to the content. Um. Okay, well that that's interesting. So that definitely we have to talk because I one of my one of my dreams is um is uh, I want to have like you know I want to be a snowbird, so I want to have my place in Florida and live up here because uh, I don't want to give up Jersey. I love Jersey, but right. Well, we could yeah. well we could have we could plan we could help you plan. And when mm-hmm. you say I don't want to give up Jersey, those are you know fighting words. New Jersey's going to say your you know home is where the heart is. Well, you didn't want to give it up. You don't have to. <laughs> You don't have to get rid of all your connections, but right. there, again, there's planning opportunities and we could certainly uh, help you. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'll yeah. definitely keep you, keep your mind when that happens. Um, so, so let, let, let's, let's talk about business owners right now um, because, you know, you brought up something that, that, you know, I was always curious about in terms of COVID and how that affected a lot of things, especially since people vacated their offices and all that kind of stuff. So, what, what what are some of the biggest tax problems you see with business owners, you know, irrespective of COVID, but, you know, probably even because of COVID? What's... Well, I'll, I see a lot of non-filers. I have to say that um, a lot a lot of people, first really? of all, um, they, they think I don't have the money to pay, so maybe I shouldn't file, but that's not really the way to go. You really should file and come up with a, a way to pay. And so New York State has a voluntary disclosure program, which I think everyone should be aware of. Um, it does a lot of things. First of all, it avoids the penalties 
It avoids the criminal prosecution. And it often gives you a limited look back period. And what does that mean? You know, let's say you didn't file for many years, seven years. New York State will say, you know, in in many circumstances, you only have to go back three years, three years. And the federal government follows a policy about the, you know, what's the criminal policy, which is like five or six years. Mm -hmm. So you, so I'll get, you know, I like war stories. So I was representing somebody. I shouldn't say that before I represented them, I get a phone call and uh, it's a husband and a wife, beautiful family, three kids. Uh, The husband has a very um, lucrative position, making a lot of money. The wife, uh, not as much. She had withholding taxes taken out. Um, the, the oldest daughter graduates from college and says, I want to live in New York City and uh, I need a copy of the tax returns. And it turns out the mother says to the father, the husband, uh, I need copies of the tax returns. And he says, I haven't filed since 2014. OK. Mm. And she says, what do you mean? We're married 25 years. How did you not tell me this? How could this mm. ha- possibly happen in 2022? And I said right away, uh oh, they're they're not gonna last. <laughs> this couple's not lasting. <laughs> and and by the way, they both hired us. We had them sign a conflict of interest letter because I said to her, you don't want to file jointly because you don't want his liability. You had withholding taken out of your income. Mm-hmm. And uh he would probably benefit from filing jointly because you would get a uh, you know, uh the marriage, you know, whatever. It would be better for him tax-wise. You pay mm-hmm. less in taxes. And sure enough, a few weeks later, she said. I don't want to be with this man anymore. Let's figure out how we're how we're breaking this partnership up. Wow. So uh but voluntary disclosure uh helped him. He he saved so much money because he only had to go back 3 years in New York state and 5 or 6 years on the federal go- federal level and each year was probably, you know, 50 60,000 dollars of taxes or more that he wow. would have owed. So each year he saved that much money plus interest and penalties. So uh it's important to know what the options are. Uh, what else do mm. we see? We also see um, that there are many alternatives. So let's say you do owe money. Okay, now you owe the money. Now what can you do? So you could pay your taxes over time, which is an installment agreement, on the federal level or on the state level. You could uh, say you hear all these commercials on TV about offers and compromise. You want to right. pay less than you owe. And mm-hmm. so if there are certain circumstances and, and requirements that you meet, uh, then you would uh, be able to benefit from an offer and compromise. You also might say, I'm currently not collectible, which means interest and penalties continue to accrue. This is on the federal level, not on the state level. Interest and penalties continue to accrue, but I can't afford to pay right now. My circumstances don't allow me to pay right now. So there's CNC, currently not collectible. Now in New York State, you could negotiate that, but they don't have that that title. It's not... Mm you know, automatic. Um, and so it's really important because they could take a collection action against you, right? If you ignore the problem and you don't uh, open those envelopes and you don't respond and they're sending you all these notices, at some point in time, they're going to take money out of your bank account. That's a levy. They're going to they're gonna put a lien on your property, which is a judgment. New York State, they call it a warrant. Now in New York State, they could um, do a few things without uh, notice. And so mm-hmm. you have to know about that. So they could do an income execution, which is taking money out of your salary, or take away your driver's li- license without first filing the warrant. But they do need a warrant for any other collection action, such as the bank levy. And so after that warrant, they're not giving you another letter that says, by the way, we're taking money out of your bank account. The next thing you know is 
they write to your bank and say, give us the money. And then there's hmm. a time period with which the bank can turn it over. Now, many times you want to use that money. What do you do? You know, hmm. do you contact the government and, and make a deal? Say, okay, you keep some and I'm, you know, and, and, and we'll have an installment agreement. So in each situation, uh, it's important to know what your rights are. Now, on the federal level, it's a, a, a snapshot levy, which mm. means if at 12 o'clock noon, they send the, the levy to the bank and you put money in after that time, the IRS can't get it. It's the exact opposite in New York State. It's an mm. ongoing levy. Uh, yeah, it's an ongoing levy um, until you make a deal or they take the money. So if you continue to put money into that bank account, they're going to continue to take it. And but often, bank, you, and often the, you get these levies on, you know, payroll day. You talk about business, a small business. Mm-hmm. Uh, often they come in on a Friday, and certainly during the pandemic, it's hard to get anybody on the phone to say, "Wait a minute, I got to mm. pay payroll. What am I doing here?" But the bank has to tell you something, right? I mean, they have to say that you know. By, by the way, the government's taking you, <laughs> taking some of your money here. Yeah, often you get contacted. That's the first time you hear that yeah. there's a, they're freezing your bank account and you don't have access to it. Jesus. And they have a certain amount of time to turn the money over. So that's really the time you want to contact contact the government. And we have uh, relationships with and, and phone numbers uh, with the government, so we're able to at least get them on the phone. I have uh, you know cell cell numbers for some of these people, and wait. I say, wait a minute, you know, at least give them uh, time to resolve this. And they'll say, oh, well, we've been notifying them forever and they've been ignoring us. And then we say, all right, now we're involved and we're professionals and we're not going to ignore you. And let's go forward and see what happens. So so you have the you have federal numbers or, or just state numbers? Yeah, I have, I have federal and state, as I said. Um, so I'm chair of the relations with IRS committee for the New York State Society of CPAs. In fact, we just had a meeting this morning and we had a speaker from the IRS and he gave out his his number. I have his number. <laughs> Yeah, and he gave it out to everyone on that call. Every everybody who was there. You see, you see that? You see that, folks? I'm introducing you to people who are connected. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And that's the benefit doing, of listening to this. <laughs> I'm doing this for 40 years. I've seen people come and go over the years, and of course, that's the problem. You know, the the uh, personnel keeps changing on a regular yeah. basis. So yesterday, I'm not the chair of this committee, but yesterday I was in the state societies meeting for the. Um, New York State Multi-State Tax Committee, and they had representatives from New York City. So if you have a problem, they have the taxpayer advocate's number. She also handed out her cell number. Mm. So uh, it's so, important to have these contacts. So 40 years, 40 years. Let's talk about that for a minute. So uh, in 40 years, I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes. I definitely don't want to talk about that because that would be like a series. But <laughs> <laughs> of, of the in the 40 years of the changes you've seen, what do you think? Uh, the changes that have best impacted the whole tax law? Well, I'll tell you that the funding of the IRS, I think. Oh, well, first, let me start with I got my LLM from NYU in 1986. And the mm-hmm. day I graduated, they changed the entire tax law. <laughs> so everything <laughs> I learned in school, I had to relearn as they changed the tax law, which is pretty funny, right? Yeah, you, go for how, you go forever to school and then they change it. But that's okay, because what you learned is how to think and, and mm-hmm. how to analyze. and and how to negotiate. Uh, that's right. uh, that's one of my skills, I would say. You know, talk, talking to, uh, talking through a resolution, trying mm. to figure out how to meet everybody's interests. Obviously, mm-hmm. the government wants what's fair, but the most, <clears throat> and the taxpayers want 
the least to pay the least. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And 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 so in an audit, uh, the taxpayer has the burden of proof to come up with the documentation to prove everything that they put on a return. And so you go through everything with them. And again, when we were talking about residency, uh, if you're doing uh, planning in advance, you know what you need. So mm-hmm. someone says to me, they're going to be moving to Florida in the future. I would say here are the main factors that that New York State's going to look at. Uh, they're going to look at your home. They're going to look at your items near and dear. They're going to look at your the time you spend. They're going to look at where your family is. They're going to look at, um, I'm missing one. Uh, what did I say? Fit. Your business involvement. They're going to see your business involved. So they're going to look at these five primary factors. Mm -hmm. And if you know in advance what they're going to look for, you could keep track. So you have to keep track of your time. Now, if you once lived in New York and now you're moving to Florida, Mm -hmm. um, you have the burden of proof by clear and convincing evidence that you changed your domicile. And even after you change your domicile, they could still tax you in New York State as a resident. If you have a permanent place of abode, you know, access to a place to live on a regular basis and unfettered use and access. And if you're here more than 183 days. And so mm-hmm. what's interesting is uh, the timing of the primary factors is not that same 183 days. Everyone thinks it is. Uh, it's more of a, like a lifestyle. Do I spend more time in Florida than I do in New York? And mm-hmm. so if you know these things, you could keep track contemporaneously, keep a calendar. And there are many apps that keep track of your time. And I think uh, uh, Google just tracks you anyway. So, yeah. so, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So everybody knows where you are. But also you could change your insurance policies. Like if you're going to have something valuable, you would bring it to the new place and maybe mm-hmm. you would change your insurance policy. Or maybe it's not valuable, just sentimental or your photo albums of your kids. Maybe right. you're going to bring that. And so it's these kinds of things. And if you're going to move, when did you move? Did you put everything in your trunk and drive or did you hire a moving company and they have an inventory of everything you took on a specific day uh, and and you moved everything? And here's what and here's exactly what was moved. Now, what's interesting is sometimes your lifestyle allows you to have furniture here and furniture there, clothing here and clothing there. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you do in those situations? Okay, well, then, then maybe you look at other factors, the business involvement. Did you retire? Did you bring in a new manager? Uh, to to make these life, you know, major life decisions in your business. What we found during um, the, the, the pandemic and the PPP loans is everyone who, quote, retired, all of a sudden they were making these day-to-day decisions about <laughs> PPP loans. And so if your signature is the one on the on the form, did you did you really retire? Are you still maybe you're still involved? Maybe you're the one making those major decisions. And so that's only one of the factors. But again, we we try to plan for all of these things. And if, you, mm-hmm. and if you know in advance what you're looking for, you could set up a file. So when they come to audit you, you, you pull out your papers and you're ready to go. And you're not scrambling last second. I got to tell you, that PPP loan was such a game changer for me. Oh, good. Good, good, good. Yeah. And did you also take advantage of ERCs, the employee retention credit? No, because uh, all of my uh, all of my people are 1099s, so I couldn't take advantage of it. Okay, because the government now said, in fact, that was one of my tax updates today, that they're going to start doing, uh, and I think they've already started doing employee retention um, credit fraud audits, because a lot of people got money when they weren't supposed to. Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I never even, when I saw all the rules, I said, whatever. (laughs) And there was a, actually, now that you say that, there was a guy who was trying to convince me 
that I could actually still do it. And now yeah, well, you hear you hear all these ads on TV. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's mm-hmm. it's a a big a big marketing scam. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. But I think it's over the, after this year, correct? After twenty twenty three, I think that's it. You had a certain can... period of time to do it. Yeah. I think I, it, I think this is I think this is the last year that you can do it, but uh, we shall see. And then and then something else was going to happen. Um, all right. So out of curiosity, um, so we talked about penalties and all that stuff, but you well, know, we, well, we should jump in and talk about penalties because there are ways to get penalties off. And and I, I think, and that's, that's why I was going to ask you if you can avoid penalties or, or or even if you fail to return, fail to file, or anything, you can avoid it, right? Exactly. So um, the IRS has something called first time penalty abatement. You don't get it unless you ask for it, which is unbelievable to me. You could always say there's reasonable cause to abate the penalty and request and, and uh, that it be abated. And it's up to their discretion. And in those situations, it's things like a natural disaster, a fire, a flood. You can't get the records, a death, a serious illness. But you could you can, if you meet the requirements, get a first-time penalty abatement on the federal level. And this applies if you did not um, use it in the last three years and if you're mm. current on everything else. So so that's important. Sometimes you don't want to use it because if you think you're going to have a bigger penalty in the next three years, <laughs> you don't want to use it up on a small penalty. Right, but what right. I'll tell you, again, I like war stories. Um, we represented two people who passed away. They had dementia while they were alive. They um, they owed a lot of money, and the daughter took money out of the estate account, millions of dollars. And so the IRS came after her, and they wanted to put a lien against her beautiful house. And she said, oh, my God, don't put a lien against my house. I might want to sell it, and I don't want to have a lien, a judgment. And so we came in, and we said to the government, wouldn't it be easier to get a check rather than go after her and take money out of a bank account and try and go against the house. So I said, here's what I propose. I said, there's tax and there's penalties. So why don't we abate the penalty in the first year of each for each parent mm-hmm. for a first time penalty abatement? And then let's abate the rest of the penalties for reasonable cause. They had dementia. There were reasons. They had illnesses. And we could prove it. We had the documentation to prove it. And let's figure out what the tax is. And so we ended up paying a small amount of tax and interest. And it worked out. Everyone was happy in the end. Yeah, but that that comes with 40 years of experience, though. I mean, that's, you know, something like that. You know, who else is going to come up with something like that? It's uh... well, now the state does not have the same first time penalty abatement. But again, if you're a non-filer, they have the uh, voluntary disclosure. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, not not that I'm asking you to avoid paying the taxes or, or avoid from filing. But if you do and you're in New York State. And uh, reach out to, to, to Karen. She'll hook you up. There you go. I'll hook <laughs> you up. Absolutely. There's strategies. That's interesting. You know, the whole tax thing, you know, the whole, you know, I, I've never, until I started doing this podcast, Karen, I never, I never thought of having like an attorney, you know, like do anything with your taxes. You always think about, you know, your accountant. I would have never thought, you know, on the on the uh, you know the law side of it that's so it's interesting i'm 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 learning so much just well i'm going to tell you about that so uh i get a lot of referrals from accountants because they don't want to lose their best clients so mm-hmm. sometimes even let, let, let's go back to the residency matters 
they they might have been the one who gave the advice, claim that you live in Florida, and they might have filed the tax return, and they might have even handled the audit when New York State came in to say, you're really still in New York. At some mm-hmm. point in time, they get a bill in the mail, and now all of a sudden it's very real. They could owe, the taxpayer could owe a quarter of a million dollars. And now they say, oh my God, I'm going to lose my best client that I've had forever. You mm. know, Karen, it's almost like the game of hot potato. Here, catch this mm. and, and handle it and make it either go away or reduce the amount. And and of course, because all I do is handle tax problems, I'm not stealing your client in any way, right? We're going to work together and we're going to figure this out and we're going to reduce the liability and make you look like a hero. And that's exactly what we do. We represented somebody who's accountant. Honestly, my best clients come from accountants who have tried to handle the matter themselves because they think they know what's going on. We represented someone who sold their business for many, many millions of dollars, got a tremendous um, um, bill in the mail after an audit from uh, the government. Mm -hmm. And we came in and we said, wait a minute, what documentation did you provide? Are there penalties here? I had a checklist of many things and we were able to get, get around not all of the tax, it was already too late for that, but we reduced it significantly. I mean, that's the key. Can you reduce it once you're in that hole? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's I mean, that's the key. I mean, again, I I thought an, an accountant is enough, but now you know, you, you never know. I mean, they they probably don't know stuff at the law at the legal level um, that 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 they should know on big deals, of of course. Well, again, um, because this is all we do on a regular basis. You know, it's really a niche boutique practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was recently on a panel with very competent uh, accountants. And at the end, one of them came up to me and said, oh, my God, Karen, I didn't realize there were so many nuances to some of these rules. Can I hire you to be behind the scenes and give me advice? Can I put you on retainer so that I can call you and, and you know, get get good advice? I said, absolutely. I'm glad I would be glad to help you and do that. And so since then, we've been actually like I'll call it, you know, a back office tax department for some Mm -hmm. of these smaller accountants who are great at what they do, but they might not know all the specifics and details or contacts uh, on a specific matter. Let me ask you something, because you're you're a wealth of knowledge. Have you ever thought of being like a consultant, like like having another side to your business, just doing some consulting services for either? Um, you know, accountants or maybe other attorneys. A hundred percent. In fact, so that's my next business idea. Maybe you could help me implement it. I want to help accountants and attorneys and financial advisors with their tax controversy matters. I want to be behind the scenes and help them out a hundred percent. That's exactly what I want to do. Awesome. Yeah. Cause I see that. I mean, you, you have, I mean, 40 years is, is 40 years, but other than that, you can also be, you know, that, that, um, what, what do you call it? The uh, fractional tax advisor or something. I don't know. I like that. Wait, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I like that a lot. Fraction. I love it. Yeah. I think that's great. I'm I'm going to call you for business advice. <laughs> hey, anytime. I, I love business. I, I, you know, I have my own crazy story, but I, I, I enjoy business. And, but one of my gifts is to see talents and people and go and, and, and select stuff. So that is a gift. Know. And I'll, so I'll tell you what I see as I drive, you know, down a major highway or a major roadway, I'll see like uh, income tax preparation signs. And it might mm-hmm. even be in like a laundromat, you know, in the back mm. yeah, yeah, tax yeah. returns. Yeah. And I always say, what's going to happen? So you file your tax return by April 15th. 
What happens on April 16th when you get a notice? And now you go back to that laundromat and can they help you with the notice that you received? That's exactly who I want to help. I want to help all those people who get notices and don't know what to do with it, whether it's the individual, the business, or the accountant, the attorney, or the financial advisor. There you go, guys. So if you're in the laundromat in New York State and you see anyone in the back doing taxes, think of Karen. Because uh, <laughs> she'll help them. Um, just a few things here, because I, I know, you know, you have, uh, again, a wealth of knowledge. I keep repeating that, but it's the truth. Thank you. So I want to see if if you can, you know, look into your crystal ball and, and have some predictions for 2023 in terms of like tax enforcement. Yeah. So, okay. So the IRS in 2022 received a promise of substantial, of a substantial increase in funding to enhance the tax enforcement. I think it was later reduced, um, but their funding was going to be used to aggressively target non-filers, late filers, um, do audits of high net worth individuals. Mm -hmm. And as I just mentioned earlier, the employee retention credit fraud audits. Um, We also see a lot of people submitting these offers in compromise where they're going to pay less than they owe. The IRS made some changes in response to the high inflation. They raised the amount a taxpayer is allowed for the necessity for the necessary monthly expenses for food, clothing, housing, utilities, and other expenses. The way they figure it out is they say, what could they reasonably collect from a taxpayer in order to settle this matter? RCP, reasonable collection potential for an offering compromise. It's usually the net equity in your assets plus your income over the expenses. They've now increased these expenses. So it makes it a little bit easier to meet some of the requirements. Um, Let's Hmm. see what else. They're now uh, requesting additional financial information from certain taxpayers with an ownership interest in the business. So even uh, if the debt is strictly personal, it might make it tougher for an individual to get an offer and compromise, even though they've now made it easier to submit the offer with a different number. It's a lower Mm -hmm. number, but now they're asking for more backup. New York State changed the uh, income tax rates in 2022 for people earning a lot of money over a million dollars and couples earning more than two million dollars. They created two new tax brackets. Um, Of course, I'm laughing because this is going to cause more people to actually leave the state Mm -hmm. just when the New York State needs to raise more revenues. Um, (laughs) And of course, as I mentioned, everyone's telecommuting and, and working remotely. And New York State um, has very interesting rules relating to that. I think we're going to see a lot of activity there. And again, it's the policies are not consistent across the country. And we've done many presentations with other um, speakers. In fact, we're doing one in a few weeks with somebody from California and somebody mm-hmm. that knows New Jersey uh, to talk about these exact <laughs> uh, issues. And that's it. It'll be interesting to see how the government implements some of these things and how they impact uh, the taxpayers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's, uh, yeah, let's, I guess let's wait and see. And when does that come out? Like, does that come out early next year? Like when does, when do they, the enforcement? So it's, it's ongoing. It's already gone. It's already it's on. ongoing. It's already on. I, I'm already involved in uh high net worth individual audits. It's already there. It's already there. Oh, okay. Now, what we also see is what happens when a taxpayer, an individual or a business, fails to file a tax return. So what happens? Again, people say, oh, I'm not going to file because I don't have the money. 
but that's not the way to do it. Uh, the IRS or New York State can actually file a tax return for you. It's called what? a substitute for return. And they decide what should be in that return. You end up owing more money because they're not giving you the same deductions. And there's going to be penalties and interest. And the statute of limitations, uh, which is 10 years on the IRS level for collection, 20 years on the state level, on New York State's level, um, it starts it, but only for that amount. It does not start the statute of limitations, uh, statute of limitations on assessing new taxes. So they could come in and assess, have a new assessment. And in the end, you're going to owe for another 10 years. So that, that statute of limitations is very interesting. Uh, New York State has a list of warrants that you could you could actually Google it. It's public. So I could tell I could type in anybody's name, anybody, anybody's business and name. And it'll tell me if you have a warrant already filed against you, which is interesting. As I say, it shouldn't just be used for business. You know, before you take in a partner, either in business or personally, you might want to find out what their background is on the tax tax side. You don't want to step in, start filing joint returns and find out that there's liabilities that that's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Interesting, interesting. Scary, scary and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but So that's the whole point. I'm here actually to ease the tension and say it's not as scary as you think. So when mm. you get these envelopes that you don't want to open, open them. And I, I give a free consultation for 15 minutes. You call, we assess the situation, and we could give you some direction if you want to do it on your own. And if you want us to end up handling it, we'll gladly, you know, get involved uh, and, and be more uh, involved uh, and, and in control of your right. destiny a little bit. And then you can okay. sleep at night. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so what's what's the website where people can go check out uh, Karen Cannonball? So we're L i taxattorney.com l i taxattorney okay and and our number if you want to call us is 631-465-5000 and you can speak to anyone on the legal team they're all competent i have people who have been with me you know 20 years and uh very knowledgeable very creative in their solutions and it's not just with a narrow view of you got this notice uh, we are only going to address this exact issue. It's a, a big overview. They'll take a look at everything. Oh, you're paying a, bear, a, a big mortgage. Oh, well, maybe uh, you need a year to come up to the standards. So let's figure out how we can do that, how we could accomplish that. And right. maybe, you have to, maybe you have to change your lifestyle a little bit. Here's where we recommend you change the lifestyle a little bit. Right, right. Gotcha. So I, I will put a link on the show notes uh, to the website. I also... You put the number on there if you don't mind. <laughs> why, why not? Right, I'll put that on the show notes as well. Um, uh, but and, and again, thanks for thanks for coming. This has been great. But is before I let you go, is there anything I did not ask you that you think would benefit the the audience? So you brought up something that that now I want to do. I want to be a fractional tax advisor. I want to help the accountants, attorneys, financial advisors, individuals, and businesses with their tax controversy matters. I want to be. If you need me to be behind the scenes, I'll be behind the scenes. If you want me to be the the face and negotiate with the government, I could do that. That's that's what I'm here for. There you go. That's the next chapter in the great Karen Tannenbaum's life. Um, that definitely, definitely support her on that. If you are a tax, if you are a accountant, a financial advisor, or an, an attorney, a tax attorney, and you need some advice. You got to ask the best. So um, 
This has been a great, great episode. I hope this touches a lot of people. Thanks for coming, Karen, once again. Um, and this is this has been the great. Thank you, Karen, Frank, so much. Karen. This has been so wonderful. So what a great <laughs> conversation. I really yeah. appreciate that you had. Yeah, great. And as we proliferate this to the to the world, people are gonna love it. So with that, I'm gonna put an end to this episode. This has been Frank Deming, the local business guy, and you've just been blessed by the great Karen Tenenbaum. Take care and bye for now. Till next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marketing Solutions for Local Law Firms, the podcast that provides you with all the latest digital marketing tools, tips, and strategies you will need to implement in order to stay ahead of your competition. If you would like to know more about the topic we discussed in the show today, reach out to Frank and his team at 888-416-7752 and schedule a discovery call with one of the marketing consultants. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, send an email to podcast at lbmsllc.com and we will put you on the schedule. With that being said, until next week, make it a successful digital marketing day. Peace out.